I don't know what it is about the pandemic. Everybody is riding bicycle now. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw your bicycle there. So yeah. a couple of guys were riding bike and they they invited me to come. I'm like, bro, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about that life <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. Hi, welcome to Life on Purpose, the podcast where we talk about living your full existence on purpose through six buckets of faith, fitness, family, focus, finance, and friends. I'm your host, Lana Bimero. Let's jump right into it. So in this episode, I talk to a band of brothers uh, about prayer, about conversations with God, and not conversations to God, but conversations with God. And I talk to um, my brother, Pastor Shex, talk to my brother, Bishop George and I talked to my brother Chief Valentine and we really just go deep into it and, and, and connect to, you know, how do regular people see prayer and how should we really see prayer as folks who want to spend time in the presence of God. Um, we talk in different terms. We talk about it financially. We talk about it in all our areas. Obviously, prayer is one that connects to the faith bucket. All right, so I've got three of my brothers here with me today, and um, you know the, the first one to introduce. Let me let me do difference process. So uh, Valentine Okonkwo, aka Chief Valentine uh, of <laughs> of uh, Prosper. This chairman was just across the street of three eighty, but now you're a, you're a Prosperite. How do you guys describe yourself? <laughs> Prosperite. <laughs> <laughs> They say uh, prosper and prosper. Pro, you prosper in prosper. In prosper. Chief <laughs> <laughs> Chival was just, uh, you know, I, I admire you for one thing. I, I think in the time that we've known each other, oh, gosh, maybe um, almost, man, 15 plus years, college days. 15 back years, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. it's college. Yeah. yeah, but at least in the it's past four, five years, I know, in the past four or five years that we've, my wife and I have been on this side of town, you guys take vacations and you just came from a vacation. So big ups, big ups on on being intentional about that. Cool, thank cool, you, cool. thank you, thank you. I, I think one of the things that we learned about vacation is that uh, it, help, it, it helps you experience God in a different level, right? Nice. I remember when I was little and I used to see all these, um, watch all these movies or see all these paintings, right? I thought they were all make-believe, right? Until I went to California and I saw Silicon Valley, how the mountains had different shades and it looked like a picture, but it was real life. That is when mm. I started appreciating God in a different level. Then as I travel, I see what God has created. And that's apart from the relaxation aspect, you know, and enjoying time with family, but he's just experiencing God in a whole new level. Wow. Yeah. Wow. See, that, that alone is a summon, experiencing God in a whole new level. So big ups, much appreciated. Um, next introduction is, uh, and he's, he, I don't know why he's shy when we call him Bishop, but um, our, our second, <laughs> Bishop G, <laughs> Bishop G, and, and here's why we call you Bishop, you know now, and actually pastor is probably where I got it from, but you know, you're our uh, fellowship Bishop, you know, you, you keep yep. us uh, corralled, you keep us together, so um george thank you so much for, for jumping on i appreciate it sir thank you for having uh, having me on dickin yeah yeah ah, this guy he got through with dickin what to do yes yeah, what to do god is sticking us in, in all directions in the mighty name of jesus Amen. and, and, and then certainly certainly my my bros my uh my bros my slash pastor pastor shags <laughs> hmm, pastor shags with the clean cut uh, thank yep. you so much for jumping on. I uh, really appreciate you. Pastor Shex, I'll share with you. I was just, you know, just looking up a few clips recently, um, and I stumbled on um, your sermon from the end of January. Um, and uh, nice one, nice one. I think you guys had a series going, um, and so you took a, a, an anchor on it. And, and the way you, you spun from that original series, it actually made me want to go catch the other series. Uh, so well, well done, sir. Very Thank well you, done, sir. sir. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you. Appreciate. So, guys, you know, just jumping in. Um, today, what we'll really be talking about is talking to God, and that's the topic: talking to God, and and that's basically prayer. And really, what I was hoping I'll do 
is really just start off with, you know, just a couple of general questions. Anyone can take an answer and, and we'll go from there. So um, the first one is, what really is the difference between prayer and meditation? You know, what, what would we say the difference is between prayer and meditation? Uh, well, so um, <clears throat> I'll say that, you know, prayer is communication with God. You know, pretty much like every relationship thrives on the strength of its communication. You know, we were created by God to be in God's presence, to function at our best in his presence. And he cannot function in any relationship where there is no communication. Okay. And so communication with God is possible through the agency of prayer. Uh, the Bible tells us uh, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. The uh, Bible tells us that the disciples came to Jesus after watching his lifestyle right. with the way he, he related to his father, right? And he's, they, they said to him, teach us to pray, you know? Um, so uh, prayer is communication with the father. Meditation, on the other hand, um, I would say is the uh, place where we actually get to um, um, remind ourselves dwell on the word of God, which comes through, you know, reading or hearing of the word. And we begin to now sit back to appreciate, to, to internalize that which we have read, that which we have seen. So uh, prayer is us communicating with God. Meditation is us actually sitting with ourselves through the agency of the Holy Spirit to actually process and internalize. It's more like, it's more like filtering or distillation where you right. have you know, uh, a filter, you have content in the filter and then you have a little aperture through which the big content that you've heard now begins to filter, you know, into uh, into your spirit, man. That's, uh, that's how I see prayer and uh, meditation. Appreciate that. You know, so Val, like, you know, one of the things Bishop said was, uh, as he described prayer, communication with God. I think that, that strength on with is what I want to just click on. Like what, I mean, what would you say to folks who say, you know, I mean, for me to pray is, you know, I schedule the time and I just talk um, and I'm not really hearing back. I mean, how would you, how can we factor that thinking of with at the same time, I'm not hearing back. What would you say? That with is, is a major additive, right? Mm. Because we are doing something with another person, right? You're talking about an interaction and an interaction involves um, a two-sided relationship, right? right. Uh, bi-directional relationship or communication. You know, a lot of times people think prayer is just telling God what you want, right? Yeah. But there is an aspect of prayer that, re that involves you listening back and hearing what God has to say. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you're having prayer with God or having that relationship with God, there has to be that connection, Um I don't believe that's my own personal. I don't believe in scheduling prayer. Okay. I believe that you can communicate with God at any time. Mm. Same, same way. I, I see it's pre pretty much relationship between a father and a son, right? Mm. Or a daughter and a father, right? Where you're going to schedule a meeting with your father, right? You just say, hey, dad, I want to speak to you. Hey, dad, do you have a minute? Mm. Hey, dad, I'm thinking about this right? This is how I relate with my physical father in the world, right? So that's the same way I kind of see my relationship with God that in order for me to pray, I can just speak to him, mm. right? Mm. I mean, even though I have more of a more um, reoccurrence time, right? Pray in the morning, pray in the evening with the kids before they go to bed, right? But during the, during the, during the uh, day, if I feel that I need something, I, I, I communicate with God. I pray to God. Yeah, so that, that's big. Um, Bishop G, you know, and I beg, no vex. I know you're not a real bishop, but I beg. You know, when, when these guys are talking about it and, and the way I'm hearing it, it's like, you know, it's with. I hear with. I hear, you know, prayer is communication with God. I hear, you know, and uh, Pastor Sheggs teed that up as well as uh, Valentine touched on um, really the bi-directional part when, he, when Pastor Sheggs was talking about meditation. You know, but I mean, how many people, like, I guess not how many people, but what do we say to people who feel like they're, they're not really hearing that other part? Like they're talking in their mind, prayer is talking to God, but they're not really hearing in that same conversation. You know, Valentine mentioned a conversation with the father and the son. If my son walks in here and now he talks to me, he will hear me say, 
daddy, no, Lulu, yes, you know, whatever the case may be, it will be audible in that moment. What are your thoughts about that? Like that, that whole, I'm not hearing God. Okay. So I think there's some stuff that we need to, we need to put into consideration. You know, um, if I'm uh, having a conversation with, uh, with Valentine, for instance, it has to be something that at the minimum um, has this interest. I can want to, if I want to talk to God, I can't be talking to God about something that has something to do with what he's interested in. Wow. So in other words, it can be a conversation about my own selfish needs. You know, you know, the Bible clearly said that when you should seek his kingdom first. Mm. So in order to at least try to grab his attention is, are we able to talk about his kingdom? You know, so there are certain parameters in place in wanting to get into that, in having a conversation with God. It implies that there's a relationship there. And on the basis of, based on, the, uh, on, the, on that relationship, there's certain agreements in place. You know, I can't just come talk to God about so, just anything. You know, the conversation has to be built from what interests, um, what I feel, in my opinion, I feel like if it has to do with God's kingdom, right. I think I can get his attention. Wow. Because that necessarily means that, you know, when I want to have a conversation with him all the time, he's always available to respond to me, even though we know that God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I feel like there has to be, there has to be an agreed time where, like, you know what, I can cover this time for you and depend on the response of the Holy Spirit is that, okay, during this time, I know that, okay, I may, I may not get a response, but just like, you know, technology now, I can send you a text and I might not get a response from you nice. right away. You know, I can get a response, but at least there's a form of communication there. So that means in my area, I need to be able to exercise patience. So there's a lot of components that goes along that relationship yeah. to facilitate that type of conversation, that type of communication. And as we get more mature in our relationship with God, you know, there are certain things that we get privy to, you know, you know, because at some point, you know, whatever we decree sometimes happens because right. we have that kind of level of rela- relationship with God and the communication flows. So yeah. I don't necessarily need God to respond to me right away. Thank you. You know, so, and you're, you're touching on a little bit of it, of how I think for me, if you talk to someone who is um, a baby Christian or someone who is just drinking milk as, as, uh, as is put in the New Testament, um, and they say, okay, well, I'm praying to God. Um, again, they've said, I'm praying to God. They're not, they're not saying I'm praying with God, right? So if they say, I'm praying to God and I'm not really hearing back, you know, let's, let's really practicalize this thing. Because, you know, you, if, if we're going to use the example of a father and a son, like I said, if my son comes in here, he will hear my response. I love what you said, though, um, George, about a text message. When you push text, and you can, at least for the rest of us, normal people that use iPhone, when you push a iPhone text message, <laughs> you know, the blue would let you know that it has delivered. And for those that have red receipts, you see red, or if not, at least you say delivered. So there's a delivery confirmation there. When I, if I utter a prayer to God right now, you know, if I'm a baby Christian, I may feel like, okay, there is no affirmation or confirmation sent back that at least you even heard what I was saying. How do we address that? How do we, how do we, how do we put our mind at ease that our message was actually delivered? There are two things that came to my mind, um, which we've all experienced. The first one is hearing and understanding the voice of God, hmm. right? The second one is the distractions that are there while you're trying to hear the voice of God. Uh, you made, um, you gave an example of, let's say your son comes over and say, hey, dad, let's say your dad, your son comes over right now. Mm-hmm. You're obviously, let me use the word distracted because you're busy with a, with a medium, right? Right. Um, even when you talk to your son, he wants you to come right now. You will tell him, hey, I'm coming, wait for me. Right. Your son wouldn't hear that because he wants it right now. You know how kids are, and yep. which is sometimes the way we are as Christians, especially when we're new to Christianity, right? We see that people say, oh, you ask God for asking, shall receive, seeking, shall find, not can it shall be open unto you, like you mm-hmm. said in Matthew, right? But if you don't understand that there are processes to all these things, first of all, how do you hear the voice of God? How does God speak to you? Mm. Are there any distractions that are hindering you from hearing the voice of God? Uh, it could be anything. It could be social media. It could be stress from work. 
Um, it could be marriage issues. It could be anything, right? right? How do you, in that word, meditate to communicate with God? How do you create that quiet time uh, to connect with God? I think those are things that um, um, a lot of us, especially um, new Christians, uh, don't understand. And they think that uh, once you talk to God, it's automatic. Yes, God has heard you, right? But do you right. understand when he speaks to you? Nice, nice, nice. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of good takeaway there. God has heard you, but do you understand when he speaks to you? Just because, you know, you send a text message, maybe another way to think of it, you send that text message and just because, or maybe you don't use an iPhone, <laughs> and where you send the text or you, you send, you send a message from Watch an it. iPhone to an Watch iPhone. It. And you you know, this is a recorded. Yes, yes. They will be all right. This, if, if I send a blue message, from my iPhone to a, an Android, it will turn green. So just because I don't see the blue does not mean that it didn't send. So I like that. I like that thing. You, you kind of helped me with that. Appreciate that, pal. I'm going to segue to Pastor Sheikh. So, um, you know, when George was speaking, he touched on the Holy Spirit helping. So um, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. What does that really mean? What does that really mean when you say praying in the Holy Ghost? Right. That's a, that's a very, um, very, very important concept, especially in our uh, new creation reality. Hmm. Um, a lot of times, let me, let me quickly try, you know, a few seconds to say there's a difference between, you know, the gift of tongues hmm. and praying in the Holy Ghost. The gift of tongues, the Apostle Paul begins to tell us that when you pray in tongues, it's imperative that you are able to interpret the tongues so that there is a free flow and there is no discord in the house of God. So that's a gift of the spirit, you know, the, the, the gift of speaking in tongues, which must be accompanied by interpretation. In some cases, it should be equivalent to prophecy because mm. you're speaking and you interpret and you're communicating the message. Now, speaking in unknown tongues or speaking in tongues as we know it, the prayer language of the spirit is more of a kingdom virtue. For example, um, I am Nigerian. And when Nigeria was colonized by Great Britain, uh, we inherited the language, English language. So English language became, sorry, um, a major language or our first language as it were. When you become a child of God, one of the things that happens is that you're translated from one kingdom to another. The language of our new kingdom is the language of the spirit in which we pray. Uh, wow. So when we begin to pray in that language, we are pretty much leveraging the power of the Holy Spirit within us as he begins to give us new language, as he begins to change our language very much like, you know, uh, 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 different countries were colonized, whether by the French people or by the Spanish. And then the, the, the predominant language was the language of the colonial masters. And so for us, when we pray in the spirit, we're praying in the language of the one who has colonized us. Mm. And so we are speaking language that communicates directly with our headquarters. And so this kind of language enables us and empowers us to operate on a frequency that not everybody who has been colonized like we are mm -hmm. can actually understand. And so praying in the Holy Spirit helps us communicate directly with the Father. Uh, Paul will begin to teach us and help us understand that the Holy Spirit prays through us. The mm -hmm. Holy Spirit helps us intercede before the Father. And the Holy Spirit helps us to communicate with language and utterance that mere physical words cannot explain. And so in a nutshell, that's how I... Um, that's how that's how I will, you know, within the confines of our time, explain, you know, that whole concept of praying in the Holy Spirit, and it's available to everybody. Let me quickly mm. also say this. Sorry to take time. It's it's available to every believer in Christ. It's very simple. It's just about asking the Lord to fill you and to fill your tongue with His with His prayer language. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you, and right. by faith. We connect to it, you know, so it's available to every believer. And again, it's different from the gift of, you know, uh, the, the gift of the spirit, which is that of, you know, speaking uh, uh, the gift of tongues. Right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And so, you know, George, you're, you're a scrum master. And one thing that, and so is actually Pastor Shags, but one thing that um, um, Shagun kind of just pointed out was the language and the language part of it. And when you think of these 
you know, the things that you guys do from a scrum standpoint, you have your own language. Like there are certain words that now if you throw out me in healthcare, I probably have no idea um, where you're coming from. And so I guess a question I have around that is, is there a benefit to that for, you know, against the enemy? You know, if we define the enemy as, as the devil, is there a benefit to speaking in tongues or speaking in the language of the Holy Spirit, being specific? Um, is there a benefit in speaking to that so that the devil cannot uh, hear what you're saying? And then, so that's part one. Then part two is, um, can the devil actually hear your prayers if you pray in your mind? Anyone? George, I know I pointed to you, but anyone? I guess we, let's, let's take one after the other. First one, can the devil actually hear your prayers if you pray in your mind? Maybe an elementary question. Um, and then secondly, what is there a benefit to where speaking in tongues, speak, praying in the Holy Ghost might um, uh, hide your, your prayer to God from the enemy? Um. Okay, to your, um, I'll answer your, your first question. I want to believe that the answer to your first question is no. If I'm thinking something in my mind, mm-hmm. I don't think the devil have that access to know what I'm thinking in my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, to your second question, I believe once you start speaking in tongues, there are two things that I feel like you're benefiting, benefiting from. Now, I think that the prayer, it's now targeted as far as the Holy Ghost is concerned, because I can be praying for myself about certain things. And once you get into that language, you find yourself, you, you might find yourself not necessarily praying for yourself, but you might find yourself praying, you know, for the community that you're in. Yeah. For Because the Holy Spirit then takes control. And then the prayer is now targeted to where it needs to be yeah. for it to resonate even more than, because now you come, you come you, at, the, at the minimum, you go from a place of praying selfishly to a place where you're not praying selflessly. It's, the prayer is more targeted now because again and then prayer again is about the kingdom so right i'm supposed to be just praying for myself when i speak in that language i could be praying about anything but more importantly it's something that at, at the minimum the holy ghost know need knows that we need that is needed at that point in time and then using us as an opportunity to be able to then say those words in that language you know to right. um, to then resonate with with god Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I believe that it it just takes that prayer to another level. Thank you. I I love how you kind of connected that to the Holy Spirit and and really how, you know, he's praying through us. And Pastor Chase touched on that as well. Um, Val, I was just thinking as they were talking, you know, um, in this day and age, um, let me just give the example. The fact that I've talked about iPhone and Android on this call, um, there's a great chance that I will I will get an ad within the next 24 hours on my phone about whether or not I'm, or maybe even YouTube might actually survey me. So in other words, in this day and age, you speak certain things or you think, it feels like you think certain things and it just appears in the technology world. That's technology alone. So how can we really say, or, you know, just let's double click a little bit more into this whole, the devil can't hear your mind. How do we then say, you know, you know, sometimes my temptations are the first things that I see when I wake up in the morning or, you know, I go somewhere. How do we then use that same analogy? What do you think, Val? Do you really feel like, you know, the devil can't hear your mind or, I mean, speak more? Well, I believe it doesn't matter because if you are afraid that you don't want to speak out loud because, or you don't want to pray to God out loud because you're afraid the devil is going to hear it and block it. That means you cannot believe that the devil is stronger than God. So the key thing to be asking is, how is your faith with God? Hmm. And don't focus on what the devil is hearing or not hearing. What is your connection with God? I mean, when the Bible said, when Jesus said, if you can move, if you can uh, have a faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Do you have faith that believe that God can do anything that you ask is according to his holy will, Amen. right? That is the key thing, like uh, Bishop George and the pastor have been saying, is according to his holy will. I know that we have a lot of selfish thoughts. We have a lot of selfish desires, but does it align with the will of God, right? So let me not digress too much. The key thing here is how is your faith? 
Yeah. When you talk about your relationship with God, you're talking about praying with God. Are you just praying because everyone else is praying? Mm. Or are you praying because you actually believe in the God you're praying with? Mm. That's the question that you need to do. You need to have an introspective to, to find out, okay, what is your core motive? Yes. What do you actually believe in? And does, how does that align with your interest? How does that align with your connection with God? How does that align with your prayer? With all that said, is there a wrong way to pray then? You know, is there actually a wrong way to pray? I mean, um, Pastor Sex, what do you think? I mean, is there a wrong way to pray? I think um, that's a very, <laughs> that's a very good question. And I think, and I think, and I, I, I think outrightly my answer is yes. I think it was George who was alluding to this at the very beginning of the conversation, you know, talking about the will of God mm. and how when you when you go to God, you have to go to God on the terms of the things that are that 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 strike His attention. Right. God God hears every prayer, but God doesn't pay attention to every prayer. And so, when you're praying, for example, and and I can buttress my point by telling you that there's a wrong way to pray because. When you're praying about something that God has already told you to do, you know you're praying the wrong prayer. When you're praying about something that God has already empowered you to do, you're praying the wrong prayer. Or when you're praying about something that God did not promise you Come on, in his word, for example, I see another brother's wife and I like her statistics <laughs> and I'm praying to God because of my cultural background that makes people marry multiple wives. And All I'm right. saying, God help, or because I even read in the Bible that David, you know, uh, uh, oh. took uh, Mrs. Bathsheba, Ooh. and you know, I cannot. A Solomon go came out of it. Because, <laughs> and then I cannot, I cannot go to God on the basis of that and say, Oh Lord, you know, you promised me this because God never promised that to us, especially in the new creation realities. Right. So there is a wrong way to pray when we're praying a what God has already delegated for us to do, a b when we're praying for something outside of the purview or the remit of his will for our lives. So I think um, um, when we begin to toe those lines, yeah. um, we're praying in the wrong way. And I think the best way to, the best solution to this is to, is to find ourselves in the word of God. Let the Bible, the word of God guide us. Wow. That, that's awesome. Any, anything anybody wants to add to that? Val, George, any other thoughts about that, about the wrong way to pray? Oh, yes. Uh, the more we know about the word, even before we want to share our thoughts with God, mm -hmm. because we know the word so much, the, the, the response to what we're thinking, we've already got it because it's in the word. Amen. So one of the, so, so our communication then, then goes to another level. So when you're praying to God, it's not necessarily about what you don't know about the word. It's that there are mysteries now. You guys are not taking this thing to another level. So there are mysteries that God, a lot of the things that Paul talked about, like, you know, this is what I'm thinking. This is not God's word. So there's this, right. there's this fun thing about them talking to God now because the, the foundation is there. Mm. You know, there are levels to this, mm. so, you know, in Stephen's word. You know, mm. there are levels to how God wants to talk to us. You know, I was talking to my, my brother the other time about, you know, cryptocurrency. Mm. And, you know, there are certain things that he's struggling to explain to me, mm. you know, but he's hoping that if I can get to that level, that we can begin to talk nice. in that currency terms. So he's struggling to relate to me because mm. we don't speak the same language, you know, in that area. So, and I feel like that we can, we're doing ourselves a disservice if we don't know the word, because there are certain things that God wants to tell us, mm. but we don't have the foundation. And if it, you know, and God is, God is nice like that, that if I give you this thing, it might scatter your brain. Child. So, <laughs> just, you know, don't worry. I'll, just continue to give you this uh this 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 pop off and chin chin right. you know when you're ready for for real meat what is that you know <laughs> he said what is that, that? <laughs> what you know, are you talking about <laughs> we, we eat donuts over here oh man bishop g that was that was yeah that was that was it fantastic that's a summit on his own nice one nice one i you know bishop i want to it was Bishop stuff. What are you wanting this time to go? You go anoint you by force. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, force on fire. I'm praying on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> so
So I'm going to read a Bible verse. Um, First Peter 3, 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. That's the English standard version. Okay, so that your prayers may not be hindered. And I wanted to bring that in on the tail end of this discussion of wrong way to pray. Um, does anybody want to take on that? Anybody want to kind of just what what what's 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 the Bible trying to tell us here? The mystery of marriage, the mystery of union, well, is well stated that a man and a woman shall join and become one. Mm. That's the only mathematical equation that doesn't make sense. Mm. How does one one plus one turn into one? I mean, you could say it's eleven, you could say it's two, right? You know. But when you talk about your prayer could be hindered if mm. there is no unity in your home, mm -hmm. there's no unity in your marriage. Mm. Uh, what comes to my mind is that God has designed for us to be complements of each other. Right. For the man to complement the woman and the woman to complement the man. But at the same time, um, we should work together as one union uh, to pray. And that is why, you know, when I spoke earlier about our family prayer, I spoke about, okay, we all come together at night, we all come together at a certain time. Mm -hmm. You could say those are scheduled time, right? Mm -hmm. And we decide, this is how we want to pray, this is what we want to do. And we evolve that over time as the, as the kids grow up. Mm -hmm. Those decisions were not made on the prayer ground, they were made between myself and my wife prior to when prayer was started. Got it meaning that we agreed this is how we wanted to pray. This is what the kids are experiencing at this point. This is how we want them to grow in faith. And based on that, that unity of two shall become one is what is utilized uh, in our prayer process. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody want to jump on that as well? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think like, again, the, the Bible scripture you, uh, you referenced right there, speaks to the importance of, you know, having one mind, you know, and uh, uh, supporting scripture to that is that a double-minded man is unstable in his ways and let him not think he will receive anything from God. Mm -hmm. And so it's about, I, I think, uh, part of what that, that scripture text is uh, um, emphasizing is the power of unity, being one. And, you know, I can even dare to take it a little step further to say that the relationship between man and woman is synonymous of what the Bible tells us through the Apostle Paul is synonymous of the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. And so Jesus is the man, the church is his bride. And so when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. And so the church and Jesus have to be one for the Father to descend upon us and give us what we desire. And so in the same way, you know, man and woman, husband and wife, uh, or even in the prayer of agreement, we have to be uh, together. We have to have synergy. And it's in the place of synergy, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know, it's in that place that God commands his blessings. So I think um, the emphasis there is about unity, oneness of mind, and, uh, you know, keeping in mind that even in our relationship with Jesus, he's the, he's, the, he's, the, he's the husband, we are the bride. And when we partner with him, uh, it's a model for the way we're supposed to pray and have unity. And it's in that place of unity, expressing our purpose in unity uh, that we actually get God to actually grant our desire. Of course, not also forgetting that the unity there must be backed up on scriptures. You know? Right. All right. Well said, thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I, I as I was listening, you, you know, I was now connecting to uh, another thought of, you know, unity in, in a marriage around prayer but then also corporate prayer. Right. I mean, there, there, there is a place for, you know, there's a place for corporate prayer. And like, like the scripture references that you've already given to us here, I think it's, it's, it's very important for us to realize that, you know, when he says one would chase a thousand, two will put 10,000 to flight. So when we come together, there, there is power generated, you know, in that unity, in that synergy. And there's something that happens when people who know how to use their faith come together to express their faith before God, 
And when you look through scriptures, you will see that there are certain times, you know, I was having a conversation with one of my friends earlier on this weekend. You know, I was talking about how there was a script, there's a story in scripture where four men gathered together. That's why I always thank God for the four of for, the, for this group of the four of us. Right? It's it's <laughs> like you know, it's a group of guys. If you remember that story, they brought that friend to Jesus. Yep. Yeah, and and they had to tear the roof down and lay the man down. And the Bible says that Jesus did not see the guy that was this. Jesus did not really consider the guy who had a problem. Mm. The Bible says that when he saw their faith, there there was referring to the four guys right. who had this unity of thought to say, today our friend's trouble ends. Today is the last day we will have to carry this guy. If we mm. unite together to carry him from place to place, we might as well unite together in taking him to the presence of God, which is a form of prayer. Amen. So when we gather together in unity with people of like minds who know how to use their faith, then whatever it is we are standing in faith for becomes subjected to the faith that we have unitedly created. So when people come together in unity, in faith, in corporate prayer, with faith being fully displayed, God responds to that kind of faith because God is no respecter of persons. If he did it in the scriptures, then he is bound to do it in our days because that's why the scripture is given to us. And that's why I believe in, in, you know, in corporate prayers. Thank you. Uh, George, any thoughts on corporate prayer? Yeah, um, there's something fascinating about getting two or more people together, you know, to be on the same page in achieving a singular goal. Um, and as, as Pastor Shego was think, uh, talking, I was thinking along these lines, like, I feel like it's an added benefit when two or more of God's people can get together and agree on something that pertains to God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so that all of a sudden now, there's an exponential benefit to that. It is not just two people and, and, and getting maybe two things. It's like you go from one to 10. You can go from 10 to 100 and it's just an exponential go to it. And it's, that's the way the spirit is, is if I can get two people to agree on certain things, and it's not easy to get two people to agree on the same thing. Mm. Even I've been married for over 30 years now and I still don't agree with my wife on everything. Facts. So if I can agree with my wife on the same thing <laughs> that has to do with God, then that's a, that's a benefit right there. So in that moment, I think like we can move even a mountain together because not only are we agreeing on something now, it's something about of God. You know, the the other dominant religion in our day and age um, is um, is Islam. And they schedule prayer and they, I, I, from the best of my knowledge, Muslims pray at least five times a day. Um, let's, let's go back into that. Like what, is there, is there a certain number of times a Christian should be praying? You know, is there, is there also value to that discipline? Valentine, what do you think? You should have a constant communication with God, meaning it has to be on a daily basis. Um, you cannot have a functional relationship without communication. You cannot have a functional relationship if that communication is not regular. Imagine not talking to your wife for two, three days. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, Just think no, about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very, very funny something. <laughs> right. right. So, so imagine that, you know, people tend to ignore the fact that God is our father. Mm. And there has to be that relationship. There has to be a regular cadence where you know who I am and I know who you are. God really right. knows us, but you don't know him. I know that we all read the Bible, but there's more God wants to reveal to us Mm. that is beyond the Bible. Mm. So the aspect of do we need to schedule prayer? There has to be some level of structure in life. At the same time, there has to be some level of freestyle in Mm. life. Mm. You know, we know Jesus came to this world to die for our sins so that we can be able to go to heaven and be right and be with God. There was a structure and a path God followed for him to die. He wasn't born the first day and he died the second day. It took him 30 years before he started his work. At the same time, when we are praying, there has to be a structure. 
there has to be a regular cadence daily, um, certain number of times, depending on what you, what, how you want to communicate with God. At the same time, there has to be some ad hoc level of communication, right? Because perfect example, first miracle in Cana, it wasn't time, Jesus said it, but he still prayed to God for it to be done. Right. Right. And we saw cases where God said, the blind, the blind guy, why was I blind? He said, well, it was because God will be glorified. Amen. Because there was a plan for God, for that man to be blind and for him to have sight. So as we, should we have a regular cadence with God? Should we have a regular communication with God? Yes. At the same time, you should also have an adult communication with God. Meaning you're not limited to the specific morning or afternoon or night. Let that relationship continue to evolve and continue to flow. What I keep hearing you say, and I think I've heard um, Shagun and George share as well, is this whole relationship mindset. And, um, and it sounds like a very, very uh, fundamental thing that many folks should really connect with. Um, but, but the practicality sometimes eludes many, uh, the practicality of a relationship. And, I, and so I appreciate you giving the example, um, you know, around, you know, your spouse, right? Uh, I, you know, uh, choosing not to speak to your wife for a couple of days as a, yeah, a strong man, you know, <laughs> yeah, very, very strong, but, you know, and so, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a great one. I really appreciate that. Guys, I want to, I really appreciate y'all jumping on this with me. And, um, you know, as we really wrap up, uh, what I, I, I have a last question that will come at the tail end. But before we go to that last question, and the last question is kind of unrelated. But as, as we go to that, before we go to that, I should say, I'm going to just do a round robin. Um, what is one, one thing you want to just highlight as, you know, as important when it comes to a prayer life with God? We'll start with um, George. Um, well, thank you for that question. Mm-hmm. I think there is a need for us to have an altar mm. for God. Uh, you know, what we do you know, during the week, you know, right. that's just, we could decide that, you know, what we're going to start doing that, you know, 7 p.m. every, every weekday. Mm. We can move that time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a need, there's, there, there's something about God that yearns for a place, for an altar, for us to build an altar for him. Mm. And there's 24 hours in a day. And I feel like God l- loves the idea of us setting a particular time of the day for him. Yeah. You know, I think God is built, God is like that. Right. He just feels that, that specialness about it. He yeah. just wants to feel that special that God can, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, inconvenient himself. Right. And offer his self. As a living sacrifice, not me asking God for a Maserati, even though I like hey, <laughs> but just you know, just let me just wake up and just give him that which is due to him, right? I think that gets God's attention. Now, wow. the communication part of it, you know, you can we can talk to God about anything anytime, and I think we've established that, yeah. Um, there's that God will hear, like, mm. you know, when you read Ezekiel, you discover that one. Mm. You know, mm. you know, ask me something else. When you know, when God responds to us, mm. it's because it's like, okay, this one requires a response. Yeah. Wow. If God is not responding to us, is there maybe you just need to chill? Yeah. I mean, we can't put God in a box, you know, as well. And I think as we're talking, this also dropped in my spirit. We have a different share. Um uh our communication with God is not it's, it can't be a 50-50 thing. Mm. You know, it's he's our father so when he wants to respond to us he will respond mm. and then we have to be of the background that we're not always going to hear god in some kind of still voice you know the, the response might be when i then get to talk to valentine the next thursday mm. in that conversation i might get the response that i'm looking for so we too we have to be we have to know god to know those things right. and those things are in his world so again it's about the world study the world mine is it's not all about you mm. I know that we want so many things. I know that we're asking for so many things. I know that we want the whole world and even more. Right. But there are two things you have to think about. First one is the will of God. Mm-hmm. 
And the second one is pray for others. Right. So it actually aligns with the commandments, the updated commandment God gave us. Love the Lord of God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, right? right? And love your neighbor as yourself. Right. If you can think about praying for your neighbor, your colleagues, your co- your, your colleagues, your church members, your fusion group, your brothers, your sisters, right. not only talking about praying about yourself and your needs, I think that should be the next level or what we should attain to do in prayer because that's what God did for us, right? Awesome. That's what Jesus came to this world, prayed for us, prayed for awesome. us. It's not all about me. I appreciate that. Pastor Shakes, parting words. Man, this is uh, very difficult to follow on, you know, <laughs> what these two uh, gentlemen have said. I'm, <laughs> I don't even know how to follow up on that. But here is what I'm going to say about prayer. Um, it's it's the scripture. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from the wicked ways and seek my face, it says, then I will hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. There's power in prayer. Uh, I, I, I know what prayer can do myself. Mm. I, I've been through several situations in my life. And the only thing I can tell to maybe somebody listening or somebody who will listen in time is that prayer still works. Mm. Um, I can tell it everywhere I go that God answers prayers. Uh, the psalmist mm. says, oh, thou who hear it prayers, unto mm. thee will all flesh come. Mm. And so if I marry what George has said about having an altar, Right. What Valentine has said about prayer is not about ourselves. And I can mm-hmm. tell you that because prayer is not just about you, it's about God. Mm-hmm. God answers prayers and prayer still works. Amen. Amen. Powerful, powerful. Yes. It's not just about you. You have an altar and God still answers prayer. He is, he is awesome. Amen. Amazing. All right, last question. Really has nothing to do with this. Valentine, <laughs> you just came from a vacation. So I will start with you. What is the perfect vacation spot for you? Where is your perfect vacation spot? <laughs> I think the only place that I've been to, even though is a different island, is hmm. Hawaii. Hmm. Highland. Multiple times. Highland things. <laughs> Love it. Big. <laughs> Because of the food, the scenery, the people, the way it slows you down to appreciate nature and appreciate God. Nice. So uh, that Hawaii is why for you. Awesome. Thanks. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Ligon George, where's your spot? Where would you go if you had a vacation? Uh, Australia. Is, it's, been in, it's been on my mind. Australia, Australia. New Zealand, that area. Yeah, I like to. Nice. Very, very cool. soon. God willing. Nice. Uh, Pastor Shex? Uh, that's a very big one because uh, I've not that. even... <laughs> <laughs> Under the rock. Under the Under the Well, I mean, uh, you know, when I think about it, honestly, I've never really been a vacation-minded person, but you know, um, 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 one of the places that I've always wanted to go is to visit the Holy Land. Mm. I feel like, you know, it's one place that, that uh, as many people that I've spoken to who've had the privilege of going on a pilgrimage, I've always come back telling me that it creates a different experience of, you know, of the Bible and, you know, helps you appreciate some things uh, very differently. So I think it's one of those, you know, historic places that I probably would you know, would like to would like to visit, you know, and go on a pilgrimage one of these days to see some of the things that I read in scriptures for myself. You know, nice. how about nice. you? How about you? Yeah, I was going to tell you guys. So <laughs> for me, it is uh, I have two places. Instead of sharing one, I'm going to share two. One, I want to go to Wakanda. <laughs> and then that is spiritual. I want to go to 
Then I want to go to Zamunda. That's the other place. Zamunda. <laughs> you want to go to so, a fictional place. I, I, I want to go to Wakanda, Zamunda. All that Zamunda. technology Zamunda. from Wakanda and all that beauty and scenery from Beauty of Zamunda. Zamunda huh? <laughs> uh, you were talking about, you know, Rick Ross earlier. And do yes. you know uh, that that movie, uh, Comet America 2, they, that house, shot in his house was yes. shot in Rick Ross's house. Yes, it's like a twenty-five wow. million dollar home, dude. Used to belong like, to him. Wow. Yes, I was like, oh well, I need to go do some research. I've been following from a rapper. I've been, I've been following the guy in the last couple of days. Wow. And you know, there's something about Rick Ross. I, I actually was watching him on a Steve Harvey show. Okay. Uh, interview. The calmness with which he speaks Knowledge, was what got yeah. me. He wasn't, you know, just a ghetto kind of what you yeah. expect from a rapper. No, he was he was cool, he was calm, yeah. he was he, he was speaking with such such knowledge. Like right. I've I found something fundamental and, knowledge, like it's not and, I'm not and, making this up. And, and, and here is what I got at as well. You know, he, he was born, I think, in Miami, he says, and right. he was like on the side of Miami where he lived, <laughs> you broke, busted, and disgusted. So, but mm. just across the bridge. Right. With hundred million dollar properties and stuff like that. So at some point he had to make a transition. He said, even though he didn't have access to those things, his mind traveled into that mm. world. Mm. Wow. Mm. So in his mind, Zamunda. Yeah. He saw his mind. He said he already saw those mm. things in his mind. And so those were the things that kind of stimulated him. Like, man, this guy, and the guy was telling about how he owns like over 300. Uh, Wingstop franchises just because he used to like eating Wingstop, right? Wow. And then he decided to take it to the next level of actually owning. So it's like he owns over 300 wow. um, uh, Wingstop uh, franchises, you know? Wow. And so I'm like, this guy is not just a rapper, no, rapper kind of no. thing. This one, this one has rap Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he used, he probably used rap to get into, you know, it, that was like his, mm-hmm. his, his gateway into where he wanted gateway, to go. Yep. So, yeah. yeah so. And then he also had some of his own health challenges as well. Yes, where he, he did. had some seizures and yep. that was when he began to, you know, pay attention to his health and right. all those kind of nice. eating better and all those kind of stuff. So, man, that was why I asked that question at the beginning. I'm yeah. like, man, I, I, I just purchased one, his book because okay. he had the book out uh, in November last year. I'm like, man, I need to... Okay. I was reading a few reviews about the book and even people who don't like his kind of music at all right? saying, man, listen, I don't like this guy's music. I don't yeah. know anything he does, but I would do anything to sit with this guy for an hour just mm. to let this guy, you know, share, nuggets. share me knowledge. Yeah, that was when I was like, okay, I need to, I need to expand my scope. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome, awesome.